0: Word Radio on demand 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD streaming live at wordradio.com
1: My next guest is here a little early so I'm, I'm going to bring him on cuz we got a lot of news to talk about. Well, Jordan, I'll make sure sh- I'll make sure that I stay clear for the break cuz I'm sure this this guest will stay over for the break for us. Now ladies and gentlemen, this is a segment that we're 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 going to we're testing out the title of this segment all right, we're testing it out. We, we've already we got some Q scores already. Every time this guest comes on, people love, love this guest on, on, on Evening Words, but we need a title for the segment. I think, I think for right now, we're just going to call it Critical Commentary with Cousin Chris. So I'm going to welcome to the program uh, Mr. Chris Norwood. What's up, Cousin? Man, greetings and salutations to all the wonderful li- li- uh, listeners on Word Radio. Hey, hey! So we've been we've been talking about a lot of There's, there's a couple of, of headlines I want to go through with you, but just to kind of get you up to speed with where we've been uh, at today. You know, we had uh, we had Tiffany Morell, who's an Emmy award winning uh, producer, come on and talk a little bit about Hollywood, and she talked about Origin because we're, we're we're hoping to do some programming around the film Origin, and and she talked about you know the Oscars and all. So great conversation. And then we had uh, uh, Doctor Bobby on. Talk a little ah. bit about 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 some oral health issues. And we got into a conversation about about, you know, and I, I don't want to reduce it to like optimist versus pessimist, but that's kind of where the conversation is, because I was remarking about Candy's kind of optimistic outlook on life and her having gone through a lot of things because you have also gone through a lot of things in your life, you know, especially when you were younger. And I just wonder what your thoughts are about, I mean, I don't know if you categorize yourself as an optimist or pessimist, but I wonder what your thoughts are about that discussion in general.
2: Um, well, I think that, um, I do believe that, you know, one thing you always, there's a lot of things in this world that you cannot control. Hmm. Most things you cannot control. Hmm. And so, but the things that you can control is your approach and your attitude towards life. Mm. And life has a tendency to manifest things that you project mm-hmm. in a negative and positive way. So if you want to see the world as a negative place, you will have multiple opportunities <laughs> and multiple examples mm-hmm. that will showcase that throughout your day. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, if you want to see the positive uh, uh, things in life and the positive things about the people and and things in your neighborhood, you will see that, you know? Mm-hmm. And what, what I've always thought was that um, positivity is what grows life. Hmm. And so the more you are able to, To see the positive in the people, um, and not be, and not, and not, and, and not be so idealistic that you are, you're not dealing with reality, but try to see the best in all things because I come from a religious background. Mm -hmm. And so I was always taught that, you know, you can sanctify most situations Mm -hmm. by who you are. And so who you are becomes a part of life as well. And so if you are positive energy, you can create more positive energy. And so I've been um, I've been a practitioner of of that. And I can honestly say that it has brought me to experiences that I could never have thought um, I, I could have achieved by just being positive. And believing in myself as well, mm, you know, mm, so you definitely mm. have to be prepared. You have to do your work. You have to study. You have to, mm. you know, do all the things that put you in a position. But once you do those things, if you have a positive attitude, then I think good things come to you. And I've just seen it, you mm-hmm. know, and I've also seen when you think negative things, how negative things happen to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and predominate your, your, your space and your mind. So, the more you can unclutter those things and, and really focus on those things that bring growth because that's what life is. Life mm. are things that bring growth. Mm.
3: Mm.
2: You know, when we say something is living, it's because it is growing. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be on the side of life and not on the side of deteriorating circumstances because at the end of the day, whatever negative is going to happen is going to happen. But once it happens to you, then what? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, yep. you're going to have to find positivity or else you're continually going to be digging a ditch. That's right. How do you get
1: back ditch? up? How do you recover? How do you respond? That's always, for me, It's always, in my life, that's always what it is. Some things going to happen to you.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and and the great Booker T. Washington, you know, I paraphrase him, is that you don't judge somebody. Well, I think Martin Luther King paraphrased him as well. You don't judge somebody in times of, of, you know, wealth and greatness and, and, and when everything is great around him, you judge people by what they do when things are really messed up. Mm. That's when you see what's really, truly in your heart. That's Mm. what you really see, what truly you are made of. And so, um, you know, positive to me is mathematics as well, you know what I mean? Because positive things create more positive things. It all adds up, Mm. you know? for for me but i believe you sh- you should pr- you know i you know i think it's you know it's good to practice it just practice it and see what happens
1: right <laughs> right what do you have to lose we got to take a break listen you're listening to critical commentary with cousin chris here on evening words i'm your host dr james peterson we are live on wrd 900 a.m. 96.1 fm cousin i got to talk about a few things but we'll take some calls as well if you want to call in 215-634-8065 that's 215-634-8065 we'll be back after these messages
0: And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on W.U.R.D. Progressive Black Talk Media.
1: Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on W.U.R.D. 900 a.m. 96.1 FM. We are in the midst of a segment called Critical Commentary with Cousin Chris. And, and, cause we got some callers on the line. So I want, I want to take a couple of calls. Uh, we want to first, uh, welcome, uh, George from Center City. Brother George, welcome to Evening Words. Do you have a question or comment for Cousin Chris? Brother George? Oh, we lost George. We lost George. Okay, let's stay on the phone. Let's pop over to James. We got, we got uh, uh, James from North Philadelphia. Welcome to Evening Words. Do you have a question or comment for Cousin Chris?
4: Hey, doc, uh, doc, Cousin Chris. Hello. Hey, Doc. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago uh, when we were talking about uh, referendums.
1: Reparations, yes.
4: Reparation. Uh, sorry. 40 acres in the middle. We need that
1: right now. We do. Brother James, you probably have to turn down what your radio in your home because we're getting a little bit of echo okay, and feedback. Okay. Yes. Uh, sounds better. We need reparations. One, two. Yes, yes. We can hear you now. Uh,
4: COVID proved that the money is there. The whole world got a check. <laughs> Just give us that. Uh, we can still be involved. Just let us go. I mean, we we don't need nothing. Mm-hmm. We have our own doctors. Lawyers, engineers, just let
1: us go. Thank you, brother James. Let, let me let cuz reflect. So, so cuz earlier this week, I forget the context of the conversation. Someone brought up the Marshall plan. You know me. It's hard for me to hear about the Marshall plan and not think about reparations. So we kind of talked about reparations and, and we're also trying to put together something more, produce something a little bit more regular around the conversation on reparations. But maybe you could talk a little bit about your sense of it, uh, both historically and in the contemporary political moment.
2: Well, I think with with the, the 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 discussion about reparations should center on whether there was a cause and effect, and what I mean by that is folk is that you know a lot of times when we we talk about reparations, we always talk about what should be the reward after the fact, and that is a conversation that we can all get lost in. Mm-hmm. But I think when you prove that there was an injury, it's it's almost like a basic tort case you know you prove that there was an injury was there an injury uh yes <laughs> right yes <laughs> and then can we identify who did the injury yes right and so we live in a society in which we believe that if people do something to harm someone that they should be compensated
3: mm-hmm.
2: that is the basis of most of our judicial system of our civil, of our our civil ju- our civil justice system is just that. Mm-hmm. So there really is no argument about reparations. We all know that it should happen because we believe that if someone is injured and you can identify who did it, that there needs to be a replenishment
3: mm-hmm. for
2: that act. So th- so what we commonly get caught up in, and any debate about this is how do you repair or what do you repair? Mm-hmm. And that's where the wheels fall off. And that's where the people who don't believe in reparations get you caught up in, and how do you repay And I think that that's not the discussion. We can create some of the greatest minds on this planet to figure out how to dispense, but the focus should be on the injury and the the people responsible for the for mm-hmm. that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of like my thing. Now, if you if you ask me, how should we be paid for it? I would say that the easiest way to do that, well not the easiest way. one of the ways to do that to me would be uh in the sense of uh uh, uh educational expenses mm-hmm. for uh anybody mm-hmm. who can declare that they have a certain amount of African American blood in their bodies mm-hmm. that at the very least because education was a part of what was denied folk Mm -hmm. that there can be a very strong argument to make that black folks should never have to pay for any form of education (laughs) at any point in their lives, (laughs) whether you are 80 year old and you want to go to the community college or you want to go to the university of Pennsylvania. That's right. uh, You should not have to pay a dime. Um, I, I, that's, that's where I sit. I sit on it more on the educational Aspect of it that Mm -hmm. you know, even in the state system in Florida, and maybe the same same in Pennsylvania, even kids who have who who are um, orphaned Mm -hmm. in the state of Florida, they have an educational
1: exception. Hmm. So, so there's a uh, you're saying there's models for this. There's there's a way to do it. Even
2: kids, no fault of their own, their Mm. parents are not there for them. In the state of Florida, you are given free education.
1: Mm. At state schools, any public institutions.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe many other states either have the same or something very similar. So Mm -hmm. if we can provide free education, not based on income, not based on, you know, this, that, and the third, you just prove that you are, your parents are, are not uh, in your lives, either you've been emancipated or, or you're, you're an were, orphan
1: or yeah, you're an mm.
2: orphan or whatever, you mm. get to go to college for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think I, I find that to be uh, a way in which to compensate for past injury. A lot of people would disagree with me. A lot of people think, oh, you know, you know, yeah, you I already paid for my education. Payment.
1: I want a check. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, people would want, you know, that sort of payment for things or mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. But I think that the way in which the payment is really, to me, a separate conversation. Right. I, perhaps-
1: I love. I love that. I love that breakdown of it to th- to think yeah. about the legal. let's stay on the phone lines. Though we got brother brother Joe from North Philadelphia. Brother Joe, uh, welcome to Evening Words. You have a question or comment for cousin Chris?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> I want to make a comment about, you know, hope and all of those things we are talking about, hope. Mm -hmm. But I want to say that while we're waiting for hope, we need to learn to uh, possess our own vessels in not so eager and anxious to get out into lasciviousness. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If somebody comes on, your station or most of these black stations like brother Joseph that was up there in Massachusetts and they find a reason to, to, uh, say, I want Trump for my, my candidacy. Now I'm not a Republican, but I got to defend myself like I am because I find a reason not to castigate individuals that, that necessarily I don't, they're not my favorite individual. Mm -hmm. But we, as black people, we're being led by the nose around that, whatever this satanic, you know, uh, concupiscence tells us to do, we jump right on the bandwagon. yes he's the worst dog. I ain't heard it from you. He's the worst dog you can find out. Well, he's going to deprive us of this and that. But like your cousin just said, When, or I mean the caller before me just said, Trump, Trump sent out a check to just about everybody. Now all of this sophisticated political system, all right, okay, okay, talk that, but the boy sent out a, I don't mean to call him a boy, but the man sent out money to, and I don't think it's ever been sent out to black people like that.
1: But yet, so, so I'm trying to get, to, I'm trying to get to your point, brother Joe. You, you're saying that, you're saying I've attacked Trump. Okay. That's fair. But you're also saying that Trump has sent money to everyone. So the point is,
0: is that we need to learn how to possess our own vessels. I mean, there's something in, in us. There's mm-hmm. something important in us.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There, a vessel is something that you carry cargo in. And we need to learn to possess our own vessels in a in a, shall we say, use the word your brother just your cousin spoke, sanctified way. Mm-hmm. In a sanctified way, this is what's holding us back. We we uh, we we want to jump on and with this seriousness, we so eager and quick to call somebody the boogeyman or whatever. And I think we need to learn to sanctify our own vessels in, in a in a presentable
1: got it, brother in a three hundred
0: and sixty degree type of vision
1: got it um let's 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 have cousin Chris comment and respond cause I'm not sure exactly what's all there, but 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 feel free to respond
2: um well, i I think a couple of things i I, I take from the good brother is that we definitely need to focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we, when I say ourselves, I mean us as individuals, us as a community, us as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I would implore, um, you know, I've been in conversations about the federal government and this party, that party, this candidate, that candidate for most of my adult life. I've been in and around politics or, or working for candidates in some capacity off and on for a very long period of time. But one of the things that I've always noticed is that um, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, Joe mm-hmm. Biden. There's nothing that they're going to do today that's going to affect you tomorrow. Not a single thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The the only remote thing that could happen is if they declare war on someone and, and troops are sent to certain places. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the decisions that they make do not affect your daily lives immediately. Mm-hmm. They they have a ripple effect over time, meaning that the, the 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 government that is closest to you is the one that really affects you the most. And we are absent in those meetings. We're absent mm-hmm. in those discussions. And the 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 media uh focuses on these national yep. uh, campaigns because there's a lot of money, there's a lot of advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh but your local government, the local things that are happening on your block are not on the news. And we need to control that. And so we need to make a stand that on our own communities as to what we want to see and how we want to deal with folks. So I I I, I agree with your caller in a sense that we have to control our own vessels. Mm-hmm. So that vessel is called your block. Mm. What's happening on your block? Are we engaged in and and what's happening on our very block? Or do mm-hmm. we walk by while we see. Uh, misogynism. Well, do we walk by while we see people being abused? Mm. Do we walk by and see kids mal- mal- malnourished? Mm. Do we walk by and see all sorts of things on our very block and say nothing about it, but yell and scream mm. at a, a TV screen in our house when Trump says something mm. or, or Biden says something or whomever? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Like we need because the people the people are chiming in on on the Facebook thing and say hey Biden the Biden Harris administration forgave my student loans or now that's now that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure Yes, that's, that that's direct impact they, they wrote a check for a lot of people you know what I'm saying? yeah and just to be people. clear it's not that it's not that Trump wrote a check or Bush wrote a check those are actually tax dollars right you know what I mean those are those are you know because and here's the thing that's interesting to me. Because a lot of people talk about, and I've, I'm guilty of this too. I've talked about loan forgiveness and things like that. I don't hear enough people talking about the child tax credit, which is which went away, and and like it's literally a, a, it's something that lifts children out of poverty, but it's it doesn't it doesn't register in our minds like a, a tax rebate check or a check in the mail signed by a president.
2: Well, I mean, the same arguments James people will make for uh, a tax credit or or. Because a tax credit is nothing but a government handout. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. In another, in another nomenclature, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. A child, the child tax credit is nothing but government saying, you know, you keep that money. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's almost like an entitlement, like a regular entitlement, right? But we don't talk about when it comes to the forgiveness of student debt. What is that doing for the economy?
1: It drives the economy. It helps the economy. Oh for God, sure. it's doing
2: the same thing that the other side says that a. That a reduction in taxes is doing the so-called wealthy—they're able to invest more.
1: And, well, and listen, you can. He, there's a lot of great math not paying here.
2: Thousand dollar a month, right? You know, I'm sure, and you've done that faithfully. You know, over a period, you're not just wasting that thousand dollars. You are thinking, right. well, shoot, man, maybe I might. I've been thinking about starting this business. Maybe, That's right. maybe I will now because I'm spending twelve thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand in payments. Uh, and now that's money I could invest in something. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's
1: right. So, I, I, yeah. I, this is, no one is connecting these dots, cuz so I'm glad you did. But that $137 billion forgiven in student debt is at least one of the pillars in this so-called successful economy. It's at least one of the pillars. Oh,
2: how, Absolutely. Yeah. And when you start talking about middle class yes. or, or even lower class or working class, I mean, the people who have to pay these loans the People are paying these loans. Are the middle class?
1: Right. They spend their disposable income.
2: Yeah. The wealthy paid that 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 college tuition in a check. Bang. Here you go. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's it's the middle class and the working class that had to take them loans just to just to just to be educated enough to get out of that, the hood that, a little that's bit or facts. better themselves a little bit. So that loan forgiveness that the Biden Harris administration that is a hundred and whatever billion dollars in people's pockets.
1: Correct. <laughs> Correct. Look, we got to take a quick break because I need you for one more second because we even talk about our headlines yet. I need oh, you, yeah, we got to talk I need about you for one more second. You're listening to Evening Words. We're doing Critical commentary with Cousin Chris. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We'll be back after these messages.
3: Where's the professor? the phone check. One, here
0: we go. And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media.
1: Welcome back to Evening Words. We're doing critical commentary with cousin Chris. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We're live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. Chris, one of the headlines that I think I would like for you to unpack because I think it has a lot of complexities around states' rights and the history of the Confederacy versus federalism, things like that, is the whole issue on the border around razor wire. Now, I just, at first, I want to be clear that the use of razor wire along the southern border of the United States is inhumane. It's been maiming and unfortunately has taken the lives of some people. And the, oh. U, the U.S. Supreme Court made a decision, intervention, and, and essentially... Um, um, uh, tried to force the state of Texas to remove and in fact I think federal agents began to remove that. Uh Governor Abbott is gonna is trying to stand pat on that. And there are other governors around the country who were standing in solidarity with him rebuking the Supreme Court decision. Um and wanted to keep that razor wire up. And I, I maybe it's not a states right issue, cuz, but that's the way it it came across to me when I was when I was looking at the stories about this particular topic. But I'm curious as to what you think. I mean obviously Immigration and, and anti-immigration sentiments is going to be a part of this presidential election cycle, um, and it looks like this is going to this is one of the flashpoints early on, early on in, in 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 the campaign season.
2: So broadly speaking, James, this whole conversation about states playing a role in federal immigration uh, policy. Is, uh, an issue that our courts, I believe over, you know, hundreds of years now have ruled that that's a, it's a federal issue. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately the court will find some, uh, some, some, uh, analytic in their final decision regarding, regarding that, Mm-hmm. um, Now, in the issue of this particular, in this, this, the situation that's happening currently in Texas, there's a, there's a certain nuance to this that's a little bit different though, Mm -hmm. because the state is actually putting razor wire on private property. Mm. So, through some sort of arrangement, it has Mm. um, put razor wire on somebody's private property. So now it gets, a li- even more co- complicated because now, not only is it a, a federal issue as relates to immigration policy and who controls that, because it's clearly, that's a federal role. You know, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that.
1: Uh, and, but a, a federal role because it's it your, that accountability should reside at the federal level of the government in terms of the borders of the United States.
2: Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the U S constitution specifically, specifically grants in the constitution that issues about immigration are, are the federal, it's within federal it's per- government, federal government. to government, regulate. Okay. Okay. It comes from our, you know, so that's, so keep in mind that, you know, things that are specifically in our constitution mm-hmm. that says that this is a federal issue, You it's, you can't go around that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, keep in mind that the amendments are set up that way to grant certain powers. And those things that it doesn't talk about, those things that are not mentioned, are regulated back to the states. Okay. So, but when it specifically says something, that means that they have totally, there's no shared power. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, it's their power. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I think ultimately that case, any case when states are trying to infringe upon uh border, immigration. Ultimately, the court is going to side with the federal government. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen in any e- case. E- even even gonna...
1: with the private land red herring? Now That's the nuance okay.
2: that I'm talking about. So now we have another right that has to be that has to be balanced with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because if I want to put a barbed wire fence on my private property, whether it's paid by the state government or paid by me or paid by, you know, whomever mm-hmm. I can do what I want to on my private property, unless I'm breaking some zoning law.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: a municipal zoning law that says that you can't have this, that, or third. So that's where it gets a little murky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it'd mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that plays out in the end, because now we're balancing private property rights. And that's something that you don't see written about. When right. people are talking, they sort of glance over that because they, a lot of media wants to focus on this battle between the Texas governor and Joe Biden. Right, And They're right. not giving you the real information.
3: Right, know? right. The
2: real information is that the Texas government was building on people's private property with their consent. Right,
1: You know? right. So now
2: it's a private property. Now, that maybe that's genius for those who want. Yeah, who
1: there's some political and, maneuvering there, but also... Property ownership and property rights are rank high in, yes. in, cons- in constitutional proceedings.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, mm-hmm. yeah, you regulate immigration, uh, federal government, but you don't. If I want to put barbed wire on my fence, that has nothing to do with immigration, I can put, you know, pom poms on my fence if I want right,
1: to. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know okay. I mean? All right. So all right. So yeah. No, no, no. The, the, the other headline I wanted to talk about is. Um, capital punishment, there's there's this death penalty case uh, in Alabama. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but they tried to use lethal injection and it didn't work for whatever reasons. And now for the first time, they're going to execute someone using nitrogen gas, which sounds inhumane to me. I mean, obviously, I'm not pro death penalty anyway. The data is pretty clear on that as, as to it doesn't really function as a deterrent. And it's almost always biased by class and often biased racially as well. Uh, this is not a black person, as far as I could tell. Look, look, looking at him, but but I wonder what your thoughts are about this. I mean, it, it seems to me that we've been—it's been really quiet on the capital punishment front, just because so many individual governors have kind of like stood down a little bit, and uh, the federal government is kind of not—I don't know if there's an official moratorium at the federal level, but they've they they've kind of backed off. It's not a big political issue right now, but this has become a headline issue because of this new way of doing it that. That, that some folks who are proponents of a more humane way of resolving these issues are saying this is this is a very inhumane way to kill someone.
2: Yeah, so, you know, in our country, there has been, I don't know, I, I don't know if, if it's been a form of a moratorium on a lot of death penalty cases. I think it's unofficial,
1: because, I, I think it's an unofficial moratorium, I do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because of the way deaths have happened in the past and, and, and whether it's infringed upon people's, uh, I guess the eighth amendment, right? For against cruel and unusual punishment. punishment. Correct. You know, the, the way I see it, James, um, you know, unfortunately, um, this new form of execution by nitrogen. I mean, unless I see something, you know, again, I am not a proponent of the death penalty like you. Yep. I do not believe that it's a, a valid. Uh, a way in which to solve conflict, in which to punish, I don't believe in it, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but that being granted, it is the law of our land mm-hmm. right,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the only impediments to enforcing that is if it is deemed to be cruel and, un- un- cruel and unusual it's already been proven through the courts that execution on its face is not cruel and unusual
3: mm-hmm.
2: there are forms of, of it that can be cool, cruel, cruel and unusual but not the idea of Execution. Now, mind you, years ago, not so far ago, mm-hmm. uh, the death penalty was supposed to be crueler than usual. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. People
2: were bludgeoning people, chopping Ele- off Electric,
1: electrocuting them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but, you know, as technology has advanced in so many different ways, um, uh, this form of the death penalty appears to be very quick. Mm-hmm. without pain,
1: mm-hmm.
2: apparently. So Unless opposed. there's
1: any, if there's a mix up with the mask, you know, there can be human error that can make it. Right, right, right. right. As in
2: any, as in any Correct. execution of, of any method. Correct. Uh. But, I mean, they're literally taking, they're, they're replacing the oxygen that's in the air with more, with more nitrogen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so people are literally uh, within seconds losing consciousness and within minutes die
3: mm-hmm.
2: very peacefully. So, I mean, as I as I mentioned, it, this is actually an if you believe in this, this is actually an advancement. It appears and a very quiet and and, and 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 a very quiet and quick death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that's why I think you see the courts not really um, saying too much. They and, are not and, and and letting it. So there's there's been like three states that have authorized this form of a punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh I think Mississippi is one of them. Alabama, Alabama. another state. Yeah,
1: the usual the usual suspects.
2: Right, right. And this is the first uh This is the first. A, this is the first case and, and what you're probably going to see in the future, you're going to see this as the form of punishment it, punishment. it will displace
1: lethal injections and some of the other methods they're using at this time.
2: Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Mhm. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Hmm. All right, cuz, look, I, I gotta let you get out of here, man. You, you, you know, you, you're giving us a lot of your time, uh, uh, tonight for this segment, but, uh, but I, but I appreciate, I appreciate you and, 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 the, and our listeners and folks on Facebook appreciate you being on here as well, good brother. Oh, no, no, no. Cousin Chris is always here for you, my brother. All right. Okay. That's what's up, man. I appreciate that.